Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode and conversation on the Worthy for 30 podcast. I am your host, Eric Tash. Uh, with me today is Shopping Gives founder and CEO, Ronnie Sage. Ronnie's journey began with a pivotal question of how can businesses authentically connect with consumers while still staying within budget? With staggering figures of over $200 billion spent in advertising and $25 billion in digital advertising in the U.S. alone, he saw an opportunity for a more purposeful approach. Drawing from his experience in a digital marketing agency and various brands, Ronnie recognized the potential to redirect marketing dollars towards creating a positive impact. By exploring this possibility, he and his co-founders discovered the limitations of cause marketing for brands and the lack of consumer involvement in supporting causes. Enter Shopping Gives a platform aiming to revolutionize the way businesses engage with customers by allowing them to build genuine relationships, achieve their business objectives, and simultaneously contribute to social good. Join us today as we uncover Ronnie Sage's journey and insights on aligning business success with meaningful impact on this episode of the Worthy for 30 podcast. Ronnie, welcome. Hi, Eric. Thanks so much for of having course, me. Of course, of course. So, so let's start with... Uh, that journey to to founding uh, Shopping Gives. You know, tell us how, how this all came about. I think it was 2015 when uh, you opened the doors. Yeah. So, you know, uh, saying that I have a motif that I have is that the path least expected can result in outcomes unimaginable. And that's kind of a motif that I've lived by throughout my life is just um, you don't realize where things are going to go. But, you know, as you mentioned, this culmination of marketing and brand experience, um, working with some of the largest IR you know, 100 retailers out there. Uh, I saw the challenges in these businesses, merchants, we call them, being able to authentically align with their customers' values and in trying to do cause marketing campaigns at agency and having conversations with marketing leadership, the consistency of how do we engage, attract, retain our consumers mirrored with the other side of the coin being consumers, you know, this next generation of consumers, generation impact, we call them is millennials, Gen Z at this point in time. Um, we're voting with their wallets and, you know, buying with their hearts. And they're looking for brands that really align with their values. And, you know, that that spending power of that generation only increases, you know, and with this early thesis of seeing what was Amazon smile, rest in peace, and the rise of social impact, why was it so difficult for these brands to activate in a similar way? And so very early on, you know, I bootstrapped this out of an agency called Rise Interactive in 2015. I had a non-non-compete with them. I told them that, you know, I would work with them, gave them two, guaranteed them two years, led their digital strategy and sales for the IR100 and um, quickly saw uh, this opportunity kind of manifest. And so I took my salary, my commissions, built this company um, out of it. By the time I left, I, you know, I had three full-time employees kind of developing and working on the early iteration of this, which was a very different look and feel of what we do today, but always with the kind of underlying sense of how do we create impact with every action? How do we create impact with every purchase? And how do we connect these three sided pillar of consumers, nonprofits, and merchants to have a mutually beneficial relationship uh, throughout? Mm -hmm. uh, that's great. Uh, it's amazing. So you incubated this at Rise Interactive, uh, and then you moved on and evolved it into a full-fledged uh, business. And now it's a social impact tech stack, which we'll get to in a second. And you said it's a three-sided three marketplace or, or paradigm where you have the consumers and nonprofits and the merchants. Can you help us visualize what, how, if I'm a consumer, where would I see Shopping Gives? Absolutely. So it's definitely evolved. Um, where we are today is we have the various technologies. And you can think about Shopping Gives really as three core pillars for 
both sides, the merchants and the nonprofit, and that'll kind of flow through to how that is realized for the consumer or the donor. This first piece is identify. I want to talk through kind of how this works and then we'll Tarantino it and come back to kind of where it's realized from the consumer. So identify is on both sides, uh, you know, within our network. Today, we talk about it as we are the network that enables this purpose-driven global economy that, you know, shopping gives helps thousands of businesses and nonprofits scale and optimize their cause marketing and social impact strategy. So how do we do that? Is we identify, so we're empowering both merchants and nonprofits to identify their corporate partnerships and their strategies, who and what and why are they giving to each other? There's, we think about businesses, you know, their team, their community, their customer and their product. We know when you think about the nonprofit, there's the other side of that pillar, who are their donors? What is the community? What is their impact? What is their thesis? What is their mission? And so how do those two Venn diagrams overlay from both a qualitative and quantitative perspective of what is their preferences versus what is their data telling us? So we're helping them make smarter business decisions if they're limited on time and resources, dollars and hours, right? Those are the two lim- you know, two limited resources you can look at. How are they going to invest those dollars to ensure that they have the highest ROI that nonprofits are retailers are businesses? So they're both businesses, both have a PL and both have an ROI. And so how are we enabling them to create the most profitable and meaningful and authentic relationships with each other? The second piece is our social impact stack, which is where you will see um, the customer experience come to life. But that is how are we showing up throughout that customer journey from awareness to advocacy and empowering these businesses to integrate cause marketing and social impact in an authentic way throughout the entire business. So whether that be from advertising through loyalty programs and interactions throughout. So for example, you may see this on an Olaplex where they are saying, you know, the individual you, we support these specific nonprofits that would be on the product page, the cart, the checkout, where they're donating a dollar per purchase to different causes. And they change those causes based on their core mission of empowerment for women and, and different bubbles around that kind of core concept of you know racial injustice and women's empowerment. And they have these different kind of layers on top of that where you can support an individual cause about the individual woman and you know empowering their individual consumer to support on their behalf, they're donating a dollar with each purchase versus somebody like a coach, you know, tapestry, who is saying, um, as part of our loyalty program, if you are a logged in member of our insiders program, we donate 1% of your purchase to the nonprofit of your choice. Um, so if they actually log in, but then there's the other side of that, which is their coach Topia brand, which donates 1% of all sales to 1% for the planet nonprofits. So there's different activations on their site. So every user can purchase Coachtopia in store online and 1% is donated to 1% for the planet nonprofits. And you'll see that messaging on the PDP, on the card, so on. Different approaches, Kenneth Cole, um, you know, they're deep supporters of mental health. Kenneth has Mental Health Coalition. He has Kenneth Cole Foundation and they have a de- what we call a default. So they're giving back on every product. There is no choice for the consumer. If you go to their product page, if you go to their cart page, um, checkout, you will see the different products, different donation amounts. It's dynamic. So we're empowering that merchant to control the donation amount by product, by SKU over how much is being donated per product. So they're able to manage their double bottom yep. line, identifying who they're giving to so they can create capsule collections. So you may see different causes being supported on different products. And then they also empower the consumer to add on donations. You can add a one, three, five, ten dollar donation, you know, per se. And uh, we that goes into our third pillar. So that's how it shows up throughout that journey. You may see it on, for example, mixers and a Tory, where 
Um, they have a blend of those customer journey purchase experiences, but then in their loyalty program, you can redeem points for donations or sign up for an email you may see and it donates $5 if you sign up for their email or customer interaction. So we have action-based impact as well. That is non-commerce driven actions that are donating. So you may see different calls to action in that journey from awareness to advocacy, as I talked about, that are driving values alignment and creating impact in that process. And in that third pillar, Throughout that process, we have the compliance that we're covering. So we're empowering a compliant, ensuring that when a merchant says they're going to do something, that it's happening and that we're processing those donations. And there's a lot of regulation, which is a huge undertone of what we do is empowering the regulation and compliance to give back, which is expensive, which is why you see more brands not do it, which is one of the biggest challenges is it's a high cost center. But then we measure. So we're empowering these businesses to identify the ROI of their impact and you know, of both sides based on their campaigns, based on their initiatives. What is that realized value that is taking place based on their investment, which then empowers them to invest more? That's uh, that's tremendous. Again, seeing you know those, those three pillars and how they worked with one another. Let's start with that overlap between merchant and nonprofit. So if I'm, you know, using um, Kenneth as an example, you know, mental health is a very important cause for them. What sort of data are you reporting back to those nonprofits that are on part of the Shopping Gives network about that Kenneth Cole consumer? And then what are you telling the Kenneth Cole, Kenneth Cole about that consumer who's helping support that mental health uh, cause? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So it's more on an agnostic aggregate. So we're not, you know, privacy is paramount. And so we're not knowing individual information. I don't know who Eric is per se, but I know what Eric's Eric's may look like, right? So we both have beards and we're both males, which I would I would classify us as, right? And so I may through extrapolated data be able to layer on that, but that's not what we're necessarily looking at. Like you may know who Eric is and that Eric the male. I may not know that as shopping gives. And we don't necessarily need to know that. What we do know is that if Eric by a agnostic ID, right? That is your customer ID that people like Eric or that your customers at Kenneth Cole are LGBTQ plus IA supporters or that are education supporters or what the classification of category is or delineating down to a specific nonprofit you can go either way, one to many or you know, many to one. What are the cause categories that you support? Are you a donor? You know, what, how often, what is your lifetime value? What do you look like? What do your best customers look like as a customer based on their cause preferences is what we can inform a merchant on, okay? We can also take a merchant's data, again, agnostically, based on your data, Kenneth Cole, and based on our nonprofit's data. What are nonprofit's data? They're able to share data with us to then say on this Venn diagram, what does that overlap look like? Does Eric show up on Feeding America audience? Does, you know, think about it as his audiences. So is Eric part of the audience of these nonprofits? Okay, that means that Eric's a distinct donor of these nonprofits, which means that the propensity for Eric to actually care about that is higher. So we recommend that you support these nonprofits. So we're able to identify who in that is more in a, in a grouping. So I can say, because your consumer support, let's just keep with fighting hunger that you customers have donated to fighting hunger going on the recommendation side. So, okay, we have you live, you have been giving, your customers have been selecting. Okay, well, very simply, we can now state here is recommendations of nonprofits because we see the, you know, the actions being taken by your customers and here's what they support. 
that's an action insight, right? We can derive because of the actions here they are. But then we got to start layering on concepts of what are your preferences? Are you focused on SGD hunger goals? Well, these nonprofits are also SGD. Are you part of 1% for the planet? And so is this nonprofit. But then the last piece on this is after we are running with the program is be able to say, here's actually what happened. The conversion rate, the average order value, the lifetime value, the win back rate of customers in these different categories of causes have higher values or have different numbers assigned to them, KRs, KPIs assigned to them, measurements um, that define the value of that cohort of that audience. The opposite is happening for nonprofits. Nonprofits are understanding what the most valuable type of merchants are for them. So able to see which businesses are donating to them, of course, they're able to grow their, um, expose themselves to more businesses, right? They want to grow their business partnerships. So we're able to help identify where their donors are showing up, what non, what business types or what businesses their donors are shopping at. So as they go after new partnerships, they can um, have a more meaningful relationship. They can go to them armed and say, hey, we have donors who look like your customers or who are your customers already. This relationship will be more fruitful. But there's, again, going back to that undertone of compliance, nonprofits see a mass value in our offering because we streamline the compliance for them. So where they may have be having to turn away dollars, that's kind of where it starts even, Eric, having to turn away dollars because the business can't go through the cost of the compliance where they're saying, we want to partner with you. We want to do a give back campaign, but we can't because it's too expensive to go through the compliance regulation where they can leverage our platform to enable them to give back, which is now increasing their, their donations. And yeah, their revenue. I can, I can uh, absolutely imagine. I imagine you, know, you mentioned something, you know, for any DTC or any marketer, but more so for the DTC marketers who are going to be listening to this episode, lifetime value, that is the North star. Like how much is your, your average customer worth to you? So on an average basis, you're working with a brand, it, it, you don't have to mention the specific brand, but you mentioned you're working with brands like, again, Kenneth Cole, Coach, Dagny Dover, I just saw the, the partnership announced. What happens to that lifetime value once those brands, That's a great brands start enabling consumers to give? Yeah. I'll tell you on aggregate, you know, we, we run LTV analysis. And again, this is looking at a customer ID, which is a random identifier. And I can tell you that across our 2000 plus 2400 plus merchants across our entire system that when a customer donates or is a donor, let's just classify it at top level. So when I say is a donor, meaning they've selected a cause, their purchase created a donation. They may have added on a donation. I'm not going down into like the various cohorts of are they a donor or what session did they donate on? Was it their first purchase or second donors versus non-donors just holistically it's over 40% increase in lifetime value when you are have a donor customer versus non. If you think about, we have a case study with Steve Madden, for example, where this is more specifically, they are measuring, we, we measured for them first time purchasers who add on donations. The difference between causation and correlation, I want to pause on here, Eric. Okay. Correlation is how I'll classify add on donations. Your customers are not necessarily going to spend more, become more loyal because they gave a dollars. But what you are doing is you're identifying a new segment of customers who are your most loyal customers, who are your donors in a customer donation. So you're able to say they're seeing 6x LTV on customers who donate on their first purchase. So what are they able to do now is segment those customers, cohort those customers to say, these are our best customers. And if you know any concepts and principles of marketing or finance, you always focus on your best 
most valuable first and squeeze the dollars and move your dollars. This is a concept I learned from Rise Interactive. Move your dollars up and out. That's, you know, you want to maximize efficiencies before you shift dollars into another channel or into another medium or into another cohort or audience. So you're going to squeeze those dollars out of your best customers and donors. And so you're going to market and message for repeat customer journeys, retention to those donor customers first. Oh, uh, uh, 100%. Um, it's the Pareto principle. You know, 80% of your revenue is is founded in, in 20% of your, your customer base. <clears throat> but it's it's tremendous to see, you know, again, that the correlation of lifetime value increased, you know, again, using that Steve Madden example. And I imagine too, in, invariably, you know, what you just said about retention and loyalty, you think about loyalty as, you know, you bought something, you, you get message from the from the brand saying, hey, it looks like you're running low on something on, on this product that you purchased, buy again, uh, you're invited to a loyalty program, you know, to again, to keep the brand top of mind. Now that the that the brands are are providing a conduit to allow consumers to give and to to show uh, or to contribute to impact beyond just buying the product or service that's being uh, that's being marketed to them, loyalty I would think you know for that consumer looks a lot different than you're just you're just running the mill brand because they know that those dollars mm. are going to something else beyond just buying a product or service. So I can talk about. The measurement and the messaging, you know, the, the, the conversation change here. And I will state that the impact, uh, you know, every brand should be giving back, right? We know this. It, it's the undertone of what we do. But how they message it and doing it just for the benefit of, like, we're not a conversion and optimization tool. I won't go head-to-head with an A-B test on just an opt, you know, a conversion optimization tool. Anybody who pitches that, I will debate. Because it takes authentic messaging throughout that journey to inform and educate the customer about your values, talk to them about what you're doing and why, whether that be letting them choose their cause. Why are you empowering them to choose their cause? Why are you having these different moments in time, cultural moments, you know, whatever it may be. And once they become, so like you can look at that throughout a, a marketing funnel, this is almost a marketing conversation, but you know, it's like, what is the, you know, the open rate, you know, click through rates, all those leading indicators. And then the lagging indicators, around repeat customer purchase and of course lifetime value and velocity of purchase they're looking at the message change to be centered around here's what we've done so we have various emails that we get from partners i love watching and subscribing to our partners emails and seeing how their messaging graduates to be more impact focused because they're seeing the results of bottom line click through rates conversion rates as marketers through the lens of email marketing or through the lens of ads, top of funnel educating. But the, the messaging shifts to here's what we've created. Here's what we've done. Um, here's our impact. Here's your impact that you've created. Um, or personalizing it is one of my favorites where we you know can integrate with like a Clavio, for example, where based on what Eric supported last time, Eric is being messaged about that cause in your email. And so the loyalty is centered around you and what you've supported. And whether you abandon Carter, you make a purchase, crafting that message to be personalized to your impact. That's uh, that's that's incredible because again, it's the power of the data. Yes, I understand it's a, it's not a, an AB optimization conversion tool per se, but again, you're you're helping these brands create deeper relationships with their customers because um, you know at the, at the end of the day, you know there's there's so much messaging. You know the media landscape is so fragmented that consumers are being hit. You know with uh, just a barrage of messages on why this product is is superior to that product, 
And I, I believe, and again, it's all, all about purpose, uh, purpose-driven brands. And what is that brand's North Star? Like I spoke with uh, Ken Bulao, who leads the Center for Brand Purpose at the Association of National Advertisers. And it's not as simple as just checking a box as a brand to say, okay, we're purpose-driven. It has to start at the top. It has to start at, okay, our strategy and our mission has to ladder up to that, that purpose-driven North Star. And then it has to pervade all the different facets of the business. So, so for it to feel authentic. So yes, shopping gives is an integral, integral part of a brand's uh, tech stack and, 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 uh, and, mar- and marketing functionality, but it, it has to be done in an authentic way. And I think you're providing data points and ammunition for those brands to think through of, okay, if we're going to speak to a customer, the next message that comes out from us has to be so rooted, yes, in data, data, I, data I, I understand, but it has to be authentic. And I know authentic is an overused term, but it needs to it, it needs to make sense to the consumer on why that brand is doing what they're doing in terms of driving impact. Absolutely. That goes back to your team, community, customer, and product of, you know, wh- wh- what and why. How do we make sure that the, it's not what, you know, greenwashed, whitewashed, pinkwashed, whatever it may be. You know, what? how do we ensure that there's a continuous pulse of impact, of messaging, of a rooted reason why of where does it start? And it could start with the customer, you know, it could start with tra- that transparent messaging of we don't know. And that's what we tried. That's a big part of that identify piece is many brands don't know. And so they don't start because they don't know and they don't want to fall into a wrong messaging trap, right? Where it goes up, to, especially with larger businesses, they don't know where to engage and what's going to draw that line in the sand for their consumers. They need to have a position. They need to be giving back. It needs to be done authentically. And that starts many, many times with team as well. And knowing that for, you know, this can become a very political polarizing conversation and it doesn't need to be. That's not where we started this is that every moment should have a moment of impact. If you start with your team and your community and saying, what do our employees care about? What does our customers care about? Where are we locally? What do we care about? You know, what, what do our customers actually give to and, and, you know, care about and being able to center that messaging around that creates that authenticity. So it's very interesting, you know, in terms of like, what do our employees care about? What is our community? What do our consumers care, uh, care about? Help me understand or help the listeners understand when it comes to a, a new conversation with a brand that, that wants to figure out a way, how do we enable our consumers to give or how do we work uh, in, in a mutually beneficial way with our consumers to, to make an impact based on a slew of different causes? Where does shopping gifts come in? Like, do, do they come, do you guys come in once the brand has identified the causes that are near and dear to what, who they believe or what they believe is near and dear to their consumers, their employees? Or do you also come into the conversation to help them identify those causes? Like, they know they need to do something, but they need help in finding what that cause is. Like, help, help me, help us understand. Yeah, it's great. So we come through. It, it, it happens so differently with so many different brands. We we will come in with brands who know exactly who they want to give to and why, and support them in that activation. You know, a Kenneth Cole is a perfect example of that. Where you know we they have a strong rooted position on this. They want to elevate their customer journey. They want to handle the compliance and they want to be able to measure it. And then we have brand new brands who you know merchants who are just starting in this who are very large. You know, big big businesses, public companies who don't have those answers, but who have thesis and who have beliefs. And they say, we don't know which causes our actual customers care about. We know what we support and what we care about, but we're in business and we need to make sure that that aligns to our customers. How do we do that? 
or we want to give, you know, we're not open to letting the customer choose. How can we identify before we start giving and go after XYZ month? Is this going to resonate with us? Because we're going to be putting time and effort towards this. And there's a million other messaging, a million other marketing, a million other things that we can do. You know, we need guidance in who we should be supporting and why. We'll activate, you know, if that aligns with us, they may get back, you know, feedback that it's not something that they want to support. And that's okay. So there's there's plenty of causes out there. And so we help that division and that that kind of t- tackling of that mindset of who, what, and why, and how are we going to get back? That, that's super, that, that is super interesting. Again, you, again, you have the Kenneth Cole example with uh, mental health and then brands that... Um, that again, they know they need to do something. They know that, that that what's near to dear to them, but they need to make sure that it aligns with their consumer base. In terms of the the breadth and depth of uh, the nonprofits that uh, Shopping Gives uh, works with, how many uh, nonprofits are, are you currently working with on that one side? And then in terms of merchants, how many merchants are you guys working with? Yeah. So from the nonprofit perspective, we are positioned to support any 1.8 million nonprofits that are in good standing in the U.S. by IRS. So I'm. Um, Business can support any nonprofit, depending, you know, we have different levels and tiers and software technology. So depending on which tier you are, but um, within our, what we call our Clarity Impact Network, which is um, the formal launch of this coming in January, which is going to be released. We have beta right now where we have going on uh, 500 nonprofits in this network, which are fully, you know, profiled audience, you know, graphed understanding of what their causes are, what their customers are, what their ideal partnerships are, who and what and why um, they want to partner with certain businesses. So we call those our verified nonprofits. The position that we are in is to work with any of those nonprofits. And we are, you know, have a unique position in the market where we donate to these nonprofits and they come and sign up for us because we can donate to any 1.8 million. So all these nonprofits, we have the ability for these merchants to support, businesses to support. That align with their mission, but then we have the ability to forge these deep relationships with over, you know, going on 500 nonprofits who are, are it's continuously growing. You know, we had launched this uh, in beta, I would say like three months ago, and formal release of this is coming in January. You're the first to hear it. Um, we haven't uh, officially announced it yet, but I'm announcing it here. So the, you know, we're the Clarity Impact Network is being uh, officially launched in January and opened up to all nonprofits sign up, and then on the merchant side. Just over 2,400 merchants giving back with us. We have from moms to the masses. So we say from day one stores just opening up on Shopify to your public companies, LVMH, Tapestry, Olaplex, public companies. Wow. So you heard it here first. Uh, the Clarity Impact Network is, is launching in January. This is, this is a, a great... Uh, a, a great uh, you know thumbnail for for a, a clip uh, that I'll that I'll make uh, in post production, Ronnie, and I'll definitely uh, send it along your way. In terms of you know you, you mentioned um, you mentioned innovation in cost related marketing uh, or t- uh, specifically to, to shopping gifts, but I'd love to get your take. You know, a lot of brands, a lot of businesses are talking about CSR, and we need to give back, and we need to give back to our community, and we need to support our communities. What does innovation look like in this space? It's a broad question. It is a broad question, but I'd, I'd love to get your, your your macro take. My macro take on it is let's let's see from the winners on you know we we live in this there's a there's a crazy Venn diagram of businesses that we look at across the ecosystem of impact let's call it and we play in a really interesting position on that because we sit on the business side of that as well. So from an innovation perspective, I think the future of payments 
is becoming more commoditized. So there's a lot of payments concepts out there, which is making it easy and cheap for businesses to process donations. The uniqueness in where we are focused is not just about the compliance. So I'm going to say us because I'm thinking about where we think about innovation without tipping my head too much on where we're going. But um, you know, compliance is an undertone that is extremely challenging for businesses and nonprofits. But standalone compliance is not innovative enough for innovation, right? Like we handle the compliance and regulation, but the ability like for the activation of that and how it's realized is where I think the innovation comes in. So, you know, from a macro sense, like what I would think would be extremely cool, this is where I focus is I always use a whoop band concept. When we innovated around action-based impact, that's extremely innovative is that hit your whoop band goals and it donates to fight childhood diabetes, creating a Peloton race on the bike, that live experience where you're riding your bike externally and you're doing bike-a-thons. Imagine that we can empower Peloton to have a live view that's joined this race for heart cancer. And it's a live race in Peloton for heart cancer. I hope somebody from Peloton listens to this because this is what we would love to activate on with the technology is showing the impact of how many people have joined the race and it's creating live impact and people are able to pledge towards that. And every mile you ride is donating $5 based on your pledges, right? Like that's the kind of innovation that I'm thinking about is how do we integrate impact truly into life? How do we make, you know, we saw a surge of cryptocurrency, you know, and of course, every founder's head turns towards that and says, how do we do something there? Blockchain and those concepts are tools to impact, but not the innovation core. You know, at some point, you know, our donation ledger is essentially blockchain, but there's not a need for it to be public blockchain. You know, we account for it, we're audited, but it doesn't have a, doesn't have a, um, I'm looking for the right word here, doesn't have a utility in consumer markets, right? For it to be a public blockchain or a, on a on a open network like Poly or Ethers, whatever it may be. But I think you know virtual experiences, you know QR code had a massive resurgence in the last few years, five years, where you can scan a QR. We're seeing more of this. Where how do you create virtual experiences to tell a story in that moment? So that could be VR or um, augmented reality where joining life experiences, being able to share stories of the impact, there's a very clear yeah. moment in time that it's uh, in retail. That like from a, from an innovation standpoint, you hit on something that's that's really interesting is creating these sort of uh, frictionless, uh, not frictionless, but I think it's more so of everyday life experiences where you don't think about you know, supporting a cause or supporting a business in isolation or in a vacuum. It's just part and parcel of, of life, right? It's, you, know, you mentioned Peloton, you know, a lot of people ride Peloton, a lot of people are Peloton owners, you know, how do you, you know, add a, a social impact component to it, which I think is um, you know, incredibly interesting. Um, and what are those, some, some of those sort of um, everyday life experiences that you don't think about uh, consciously uh, that can infuse or incorporate a, a give back or impact component? Uh, and it is, and and also, yeah, digital payments uh, is definitely a, a space. It's uh, people need to keep their eye on in terms of innovation, how it evolves. Um, you know, relative to other sort of shiny objects, you mentioned blockchain. You know, AI. Um, you know, again, they they're they're talked about, but do they have real a real real life utility? And I think you hit upon something that's incredibly interesting. Again, how do you think of social impact, not in a vacuum, not in isolation, but again, part of an everyday experience? 
Uh, so I think to the listeners, I think, you know, you, you mentioned Peloton, got to, got to tag Peloton in the, in the, in the show, uh, when I post it, um, and also talk to my friends. Uh, I have a friend who knows someone who knows, you know, everybody knows somebody. So the Kevin Bacon, yeah, the Kevin Bacon, yeah, the Kevin Bacon effects. But again, you're, you're, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's like, it's like, you know, the simplest, the Occam's razor, you know, the simplest answer is usually the, the right answer. It's, uh, Yeah. I think when you overthink innovation, it's actually um, more more conventionally than than people often think. But again, it comes down to the execution. Uh, where I want to you know end our our conversation, Ronnie, I can we can talk for for hours. For the entrepreneur who's listening, you know, you mentioned you you, you mentioned you, you work with day ones, you know, to the established to publicly traded companies, to the entrepreneur who's going to open up their business t- today. And based on your experience and based on your experience, again, combining, you know, again, this, this Venn diagram of nonprofits and, and merchants and consumers to, to impact and, and, and uh, create positive impact in the world. What's your advice to them based on your experiences? Find a great partner, find great team. So find the right who's up front, vision aligned with you. Having a good partner or a great partner is instrumental in that process. I mean, there's... I find that I'm, that's kind of where I find my um, in those lulls. Find my inspiration is through my team and through my you know leadership team and my partner and being able to have that confidant. Um, and there are other ways for uh, you, you, of course, as a you know solo entrepreneur to find that is through mentorship. But finding people who have done it, finding people who are in it that you can learn from, learn on somebody else's dollar as long as you can. You know, be an entrepreneur before you're an entrepreneur. That's what I always say is you know. Find opportunities to innovate within and validate and learn how to be cross-functional, act as a CEO within a division of a startup and innovate and learn and build on somebody else's dollar to be able to repeat and execute on that process and you know, whatever your vision may be. And uh, there's a lot of technologies out there to build less, validate more faster. Just, you know, there's so if we would had a technology stack with air tables and your chat GPTs and your saw, you know, the no code stuff. There's just so much you can execute on and build in a easy, fast way to get the validation points before you go and invest a ton of money. That's uh, a super interesting. Yeah. Again, being the entrepreneur before being the, 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 uh, the entrepreneur before being the entrepreneur, again, <laughs> uh, you spend other people's money to, to learn and to, to figure things out. And it also sounds like, you know, to, to not be afraid of asking questions and to be curious. Like I imagine the curiosity index of, of an entrepreneur, again, based on your experience is very high. Every, everything is a question, you know, everything follows up with a question and uh, being uncomfortable is a massive piece here is like, just got to be comfortable being uncomfortable over and over again. Every, every day is new and it, you know, it only gets harder. So be comfortable in that chaos state. <laughs> be comfortable in that chaos. I, lo- I love it. Uh, Ronnie, um, it's, it's been a pleasure. I'm, I'm really uh, grateful and I, w- I would be remiss not to mention this. I- I'm really grateful uh, for Mark Carlin, uh, a mentor, a former boss, a good friend of mine for introducing me to you, Ronnie. You know, uh, Mark's uh, business is a Shopping Gives customer, Ultima uh, Electrolytes, uh, UltimaReplenisher.com. I'll also include that in the show notes. And you can see a Shopping Gives technology on Ultima's website in action. Uh, so I really do appreciate Mark's uh, introduction to connection. Thank you, Mark. Yes. Um, and, you know, if, for people who want to, um, who have questions, Ronnie, who want to learn more about Shopping Gives, where can they find you? Where can they find Shopping Gives? Yeah. 
I mean, of course, all the social platforms, Shopping Gives is our handlebar and shoppinggives.com. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, of course, if you want to connect or learn more. Excellent. Well, uh, Ronnie, again, pleasure. Thank you for taking the time and we will talk soon. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate you having me.